0: Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. Nahmadu, when a starinu, when a starfiru, when you meanubihi, when a tabakilu alay. When a shururi and fusina, women say ati amalina, Ma yahdi hilah hufala mudil la, may yudhil hufala ha, la, ilaha illallah, wa a anna muhammadan a Mohammedan Abu وصلى الله عليه وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرة أما بعد فنعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم فقال الله تعالى في القرآن الكريم يا أيها الذين آمنوا صبروا وصابروا ورابطوا واتقوا الله لعلكم تفلحون صدق الله العلي My beloved brothers and sisters, we praise Allah, we thank Allah, we praise, we thank, we lovingly appreciate Allah, and thus we say, Alhamdulillah. Nahmaduhu, we praise, we thank, we lovingly appreciate Him. We seek His help, we seek His forgiveness, we believe in Him and we trust and rely upon Him. And we seek refuge with Allah from the wrong within ourselves and the wrong actions in our actions. And whomever Allah guides, none can misguide. And whomever Allah lets astray, none can guide. And we bear witness that there is no ilah but Allah. There is no master but Allah. We are servants to none but Allah. There is no God but Allah. And we seek from Allah to shower his blessings upon his servant and messenger, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and many more and many more. My beloved brothers and sisters, I ask you the same question I ask every single time I stand in this position, which is for you and I to take a look at ourselves and ask ourselves what is changing? What is changing in the world around us? What is changing in our relationships? What is changing in the world within us? Compare yourself today with the beginning of the calendar year or compare yourself today with the beginning of the school year and take a look at yourself and ask yourself what is changing, because it is part of the nature of human nature that we are resistant to changing anything about ourselves. There's a narration attributed to Abu Huraira, you find this in the Thirmidi collection, where the Prophet, peace be upon him, is reported to have said, believe a mountain has moved before you believe a person has changed his disposition. Because it is easier to move a mountain than it is to change your Character, Good. And think about this, my beloved brothers and sisters. The point being that many of us in this room are in our 20s. A few of us are a little bit older, mashallah. But the point is that the person you are in your 20s, believe it or not, more than likely will be the person you are in your 30s, your 40s, your 50s, your 60s, and so on. Except when you have major life changes that demand that you change. Like when you complete college, like when you complete your studies and then you have a full-time job, then you have to change your schedule, especially from what an undergrad schedule is usually like. Or if you face a death in your family or a death in a major relationship in your life, that will often cause you to change. But we have a teaching attributed to Rumi where he says that the human self, the nafs, is like a wild animal that you need to domesticate. And so what am I saying, my beloved brothers and sisters, when you look at yourself to ask yourself how much you have changed in the past week, in the past month and a half, in the past few months, how much of that has been from you taking control of yourself? And it's easy to measure. Take a look at the condition of your Salah today, your Namaz today, and compare it to what it was like at the beginning of the school year. Is it more or less the same? And what am I saying to look at? Look at what you're consistent at Whatever level you're at, this is not a question of how good am I, how bad am I. Whatever level I'm at, I have space for improvement. Look at the condition of your charity. Now, students often do not have any money, but nevertheless, you and I know even a smile is charity. And this is a charity you can give to Imam Saab right now. Okay, much more people smile here than they do in the older mosques. But anyway, my beloved brothers and sisters, how much charity do you give today compared to a month ago or compared to a year ago. This is something you have control over. And then you look at your fasting. Or even deeper, look at what is taking place in your heart. When you raise your hands in dua to Allah, when you raise your hands in supplication to Allah, do you have more confidence today than you did a year ago that he is there? Do you have more confidence today than you did a year ago that he is listening? Do you have more confidence today than a year ago, that he is there, he is listening, and he's answering to your satisfaction. And some of you who've taken classes with me before, you've heard me say this, that when I look back on my life, my four plus decades, mashallah, of my life, I really feel like every dua I ever made was an answer. I just didn't realize it at the time. I prayed for this, Allah gave me that. I couldn't see it for another few decades until I looked back. And this is the point, my beloved brothers and sisters. Allah is answering the prayer, but it is up to me to decide whether or, not, whether or not I want to see it. It is up to me to decide whether or not I want to have confidence in Him. Because you and I know from the Hadith Hudsi, the very often recited Hadith, and the small portion of this is where Allah Ta'ala says, I am what, I, what my servant thinks of me. So if you think of Allah as not answering your prayers, then that is how you're going to look at the world around you. If you think of Allah as punishing you, then that is how you're going to look at the world around you. But what is my point? These are things that you and I have control over. These are things that no one else can prevent me from, except for myself. And then we take it a step further, because this becomes especially relevant in today's world. Because what is happening in our society, every single one of us knows what's happening in the political situation in our society. And one thing that is definitely for sure is that there is a huge unknown in front of us. I've had to tell people in many, many audiences, in many environments, and in many khutbas that frankly, none of us know where we will be a year from now. And you know exactly what I mean when I'm saying this. Right, with this political situation. Okay. In things will be okay. But you and I know that there is some wildness that is taking place in our capital. And alhamdulillah, if we've seen what's been going on in the pushback that many in our society have been saying, no, you cannot take our country away from us. We are a nation of laws and people have been pushing back. This is also your responsibility and my responsibility. These are people who are pushing back on principle. These are people who are pushing back in support of us. And I'm sure some of us in this room have also been part of that. But think about this, my beloved brothers and sisters. Even if you've lived here for a month, and many of us have lived here longer than that, you own this society as much as everyone else does. You own this city, this state, this country, as much as everyone else does. I ask this question to to 12-year-olds and 10-year-olds. When you think of an American, what does an American look like? And the first thing that they say is somebody, blonde hair, blue eyes, white. And think about this. A 10-year-old has not known any other president until the past month, has not known any other president except for President Obama, and yet still their default for what is an American is somebody white. It's in the air. But what also that means, what also means there is that often we self ghettoize ourselves more than the society itself does to us. And what am I saying? Especially speaking to all of you being the best and brightest of our students, mashallah. Not only is this society yours, your responsibility is even greater to push back against tyranny. Whether it is local, whether it is global. This is my responsibility. This is your responsibility. So what am I saying, my beloved brothers and sisters? First, I need to look at the condition of my heart and look at those things that I'm responsible for. Because if I do not have very much of a connection to Allah in my heart, when I am facing these unknowns, when I'm facing these tyrannies, where am I going to run? This is the interesting thing about fear. If you fear something like a spider... You're going to run away from the spider. If you fear something like tyranny approaching, you're going to cower wherever you can, even if it means just shutting your eyes and your ears or turning off YouTube, whatever it is. If you fear Allah, you will run to Allah. This is the beautiful thing about fear. Anything from dunya, if you fear, you're going to run away from it. If you fear Allah, you'll run to Allah. That is the nature of fear within our hearts. So what am I saying, my beloved brothers and sisters? Look at the condition, the relationship you have with Allah Ta'ala in your hearts. At the very least, to have strength, to have backbone in facing whatever comes before us. I mean, it's so strange, this current presidency has only been in place for how many weeks? Three weeks? And think of all that has happened in these past three weeks as a hint of what will happen in the next three and the three after that. And remember another thing that when we are facing the unknown, the unknown will never go away. So when you're young, you have those usual fears, those usual unknowns, will someone love me? Hey, don't look or you'll have those usual concerns, will I have a career? And deeper than that, what are we saying? Will Allah Ta'ala take care of me over the course of my life, including all the times I fall short? And this leads us in remembrance of the wife of Ibrahim alayhi salam, according to most narrations, she is his wife, Hajar alayhi salam, where he leaves her in the place that later becomes Makkah. And as he's walking away, she's saying to him, are you leaving us here with no food and water? Are you leaving us here with nothing? And then she asks him, did Allah tell you to leave us here? He says, yes. And then she says, and you and I can imagine the level of confidence she has when she says this, then Allah will take care of us. And she's sitting there between all the hills of what later becomes Mecca. And if you've been there, you know how empty this place is. It's just hills of granite, dirt. Yet she has a conviction that the rizq from Allah, the sustenance from Allah is somewhere. And you know the story, because we share the story every single year when she's running back and forth between the two hills. And she knows that the sustenance is there somewhere, but she has to get up and find it. And where does she find it? She finds it under the the heels of her son, her baby, who's kicking and screaming on the ground, and it unleashes (coughs) Zum-Zum. Now think about this. If she sat there holding her child, trying to calm her child down, hoping that something falls from the sky, would it have happened? No, she set her child down, went looking for the food, went looking for nourishment, he is kicking and screaming, and then the well is unleashed. And her conviction was confirmed. So even in Surah Al-Baqarah, the prophets, peace be upon him, even sometimes say, when will the help of Allah come? They're not saying if it'll come. They're saying when. So what am I saying, my beloved brothers and sisters? One central point in facing these unknowns is understand the unknowns will always be there, but to give you stability, to give you backbone, and to give you even confidence, it will relate to what is the condition of Allah in your heart, and that is something that you control. So now let us take a moment and ask Allah Taala for forgiveness. <speaking in> Wa <Hebrew> We express our praise and gratitude to Allah. We seek blessings on the Prophet, peace be upon him. So, when I'm saying to you, my beloved brothers and sisters, that I have no idea where we will be in a year, understand that there is not just fear and that there is also hope. You cannot be a believer and give up on hope. That is the lesson of Iblis. Why do we call him Iblis? He's the one who has given up. He's the one who has separated himself from everyone else. Despair is not possible for a believer. Despair is not an option for a believer. So let's even forget the political situation. Think about the struggles that you face in your own life, outside of those things. Whether you are facing a death, whether you are facing a failure, whether you are just facing despondency, depression. These are real things. A lot of times in our community, we make the mistake of saying pray and it'll all go away. No, these are real things. How much hope do you have in your heart in those moments? Sometimes we have to tell ourselves to have hope. Imagine you're in a boat and you're in the middle of the ocean. And there's no moonlight. And you do not even have an oar to go in any direction. There's no light, complete darkness, just like the ayahs. That it's darkness upon darkness, you can't even see your hands. Even in those moments, you have to tell yourself, if your heart does not already feel it, you have to tell yourself that there is a light somewhere. That there is a light that will show up somewhere. Of course, if it is my time to die, then it's my time to die, then it's my time to face Allah Ta'ala. So I'm telling you that as you face your midterms, I'm telling you that as you face your exams, I'm telling you that as you face your interviews and what goes on in the future, that you will always, always, always have a known in your life, and the political situation is just a very big, big reminder of that. There's one last point. When we look at the examples of the prophets, peace be upon them, when they were facing tyranny, when Musa, alayhi salam, is facing Fir'aun, and Fir'aun is such an interesting person, especially if you want to apply it to the world today. I'll talk about that some other time, inshallah. But how do the prophets, peace be upon them, respond to tyranny, aside from calling their followers to belief, to Iman. They keep bringing people together. Musa alayhis salaam, 12 tribes, he eats them all together. He doesn't require them to change what they're doing, but he keeps them together, except when it's time to drink water. The Prophet, peace be upon him, the Ansars and the Muhajirs, he's bringing people together. May Allah be pleased with all of them. And what am I saying, my beloved brothers and sisters? Another thing to test your resolve regarding the unknown is to look at your relationships with the people who are around you right now. Do you know everyone in this room? I know almost none of you, mashallah, for that. But my point is, my beloved brothers and sisters, these are people that you probably pray with every Friday. How well do you know each other? This is central also to our tradition, connection. When we speak of Salah, Salah is all about connection to Allah, to the Prophet, peace be upon him, to the community, even to nature, knowing what time it is to pray and connecting to ourselves. Connection is central to our deen. So how much connection do you have with each and every one of us here? If you put in efforts for connections, connections will develop. If you hide behind social media, connections will not develop because all you have to do is hit unfriend. friend is gone, erased from existence. But what that also means is that as you're developing these personal relationships, you're also making yourself vulnerable because you're sharing yourself with each other. You're putting a hope in someone else by sharing a piece of your heart with someone else. And I'm making this point because when I talk to millennials, I hope you don't mind the term, but when I talk to millennials, it's so often millennials are afraid to feel pain. So they keep themselves distant from relationships, from friendships. They keep themselves distant from investing themselves in life. Because there will be pain. That is part of the nature of love. That is part of the nature of friendship. You will have pain. But you will also have far, much, far more joy than you will if your only interaction with people is through a screen. So what am I saying, my beloved brothers and sisters? Look at your relationships with each other here on campus or with others outside of this room and put in effort to enhance those. Because you and I are already vulnerable facing the unknown before us, and we put ourselves at the mercy of Allah. But when you are connecting yourself to each other, you are also giving yourself stability, at the very least, to face those unknowns. And I'm saying that because that is the method of the prophets, peace be upon them all. And this is also a prescription for our own serenity in our hearts. So I remind you of what Allah Ta'ala says to us about Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam in Surah Al-Ahzab. Indeed, indeed, indeed. Allah and the angels send blessings upon the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. O you who believe, send blessings upon him. Inna Allahu wa malaikatahu yusalluna ala nabi, ya ayyuhal amanu, sallu alayhi wa sallimu taslima. Allahumma salli 'ala ala Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi wa sallim. Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi wa barik Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi wa barik salam O oh Allah we call upon you with all of your names to shower your blessings upon the prophet sallallahu alayhi wa wasallam and upon his family and upon his companions and extend the blessings and peace upon them Rabbana atina fid dunya hasana wa fil akhirati hasana wa qina al nar our Lord, our cherisher, our sustainer, grant us the best of this life and the best of the hereafter and protect us from the fire. O oh, Turner of hearts, turn our hearts to your obedience and make our footsteps firm. And do not make us a test for those who have already rejected you. SubhanAllah, <laughs> rabbika rabbil izzati Yamma Yasifoon. Wa ala alhamdulillah, Ya Rabbi 好 oh.